What's going on? It's Rufus Sean. You are listening to Black Exposed with Sandra Tyler. I'm Sandra Tyler, host of Black Exposed on 98.5 CKWR. Did you know Black Exposed is the only show on primetime radio in Canada with all black content and black Canadian music? And it's all because of you, our dedicated listeners, and our black Canadian artists. If you're an artist or have an event you want me to expose, email me at blackexposed at bell.net or find me on socials Black Exposed 98.5 CKWR. Check this out. This is Kwame DeMond Mason, director of Soul on Ice, past president and future. You're listening to Black Exposed on 98.5 CKWR. You dig? Oh, Canada. I'm just going to close my eyes when I need to. Just, just dig my heels in and, and rep these two minutes for, for the entire world. Our home. On a native land. I'm singing for six-year-old Julie right now. I'm, I'm an immigrant's kid, child, you know what I mean? So it's going to be fun. In all of us, come So you start your day. Curls are popping to this day. Representing my country on the world stage. My mom is with me. God is with me. You're with me. We're at sound check. Just finished sound check. And um yeah, been an interview. I'm a church girl at heart. Um, they asked for a cappella. Now we're heading back to the trailer. Gonna get some food. We stand on God for thee. Drake was watching from home and wrote on his Instagram story, Miss Julie Black, legend, love you. God, Chuck D tweeted, My girl Julie Black just kicked off the most soulful O Canada I've ever heard at the 2023 NBA All-Star Game. Holly Robinson Pete agreed it was a great rendition, and it's not often that Americans are tweeting about O Canada, but tonight they were. Both O Canada and Julie Black were trending in the United States. Sure, they spelled both the anthem title and Julie's name wrong, but you can't win them all. Welcome to Black Exposed. It's Tuesday, March 7th. I'm your host, Sandra Tyler. On tonight's show, CFL champ Ballarama Holness joins Carlos and I to chat about his new memoir, Eyes on the Horizon, which releases today. Plus, we're giving away a copy of his book later on in the show. Our Black Canadian artist spotlight is Saskatchewan's own Rookie. He'll be joining us to tee off two of his songs tonight on the Canadian Black Artist Spotlight. We're giving away a pair of passes and a meet and greet with Juno Award winner Carlos Morgan at the second annual Mel Brown Music Festival and Symposium Festival Kickoff Fundraiser April 1st. And we celebrate the Black Juno nominees for the 2023 Juno Award airing on CBC March 13th. So stick around because Black Exposed starts now. 
Our story begins in the mid-80s in Toronto, when pioneering DJ Ron Nelson started promoting concerts that showcased some of the best Canadian rap talents, introducing many to the godmother and father of Canadian rap, Mishy Me and Maestro Fresh West. The Dream Warriors helped carry Canadian rap across the pond to the UK with innovative jazz music sampling. Toronto's Mackenzie Brothers crossed borders as well and joined forces with the legendary producer Lodge Professor to form Main Source. Performing from the Imperial Theater in St. John, New Brunswick, here's Maestro Fresh West with Let Your Backbone Slide. This jam was amplified, so just glide. glide. Let your backbone slide. slide. Every word I say, every verb you heard, I play snaps of vertebrae. You try to cover or hover me a roast, I fake a flag that I run on post toes. I'm the most DEFs, how it goes. No X's or O's, a tic tac toe. LTD knows this ain't a game, I'm on a mission. Call me a hip hop tic tactician. A rapper's like a slab of clay, is shapeless. Chapeau shimmer, no glass is tasteless. A universe without light is lightless. That's why I always take time to write this. I'm molded in my hands before I start chiseling. Could be a rain or brainstorm or drizzling. Sun could be shining, sun. Could be showering. Practice makes perfect. I'm powering, flowering. My lyrics are awesome and tuning volume and blooming the blossoming. Blowing away blockades and barricades. Make it black and blue from the blast of the blade. It's a blood spore. Blood builds our bank. Make your vision go blurry while your brain goes blank into oblivion. Beats from box to box to face rocks from blocks and blocks. Let, Let your, your backbone slide. First offense. All the mix. Despite the lack of infrastructure to support rap music in our own backyard, the rascals along with Checkmate, Thrust, Shaw, Claire, and myself found some beauty in the struggle and gave hip-hop the northern touch. Shaw, Claire, with the help of Socrates, caught fire with his debut album, Ice Cold. The swollen members brought some of that West Coast flavor. Chaos told the line between rapping and singing beautifully with Joyful Rebellion. Despite the challenges we faced as rappers, we succeeded in bringing our up north style to the rest of the world. <laughs> Back in 2001, I was on my own mission to show the world how we speak our T-Dot slang. Here to perform all time killer with me is the queen of up north R&B herself. You know her, I know her, we love her. The legendary Julie Black. Are you ready? Oh me, oh me, oh my. Right, them a try run, Mr. Carter die flavors, you can't deny it. Right, cause I'm circle cats, rap so fly, them tracks stay new and die and why? When a man the murder sound before I dance can't turn around and jump and begging for us that I blow You can't be stop me off and put it on back Rap from tea that to rock the bricks till they come back Yeah! If yeah. a MC step out the line and fill him off again Cut up, butt up, lick up, fist up, sound get brick up Beat up and kick up till the boys start hiccup Girlfriend, what's your name? How you look so sweet with your horse legs acting like you're strange It's full time now you come off of that range My name's why your bear bath rhyming in the plains Blessing this, effortless, mess with this, effortless If you think you got a chance to dance with your devilish messages Stress of this can only lead to You rattle me, request to battle me, I take his flattery, I see ya Grip your Bible, I'm the lyrically homicidal idol Who's liable to take your title with a single recital, it's vital You respect the steez, I get vexed with these Miss Julie Black Ooh, just a old time, old time Killing we are deal with Wrong, go get your money, keep hey, uh, for another day Ooh. In another way, the man, man not take the 
that the biggest artists of the past decade would come from our own backyard. Drake continues to shatter records as one of the most successful recording artists the world has ever seen. Meanwhile, Classified reminded us that Canadian hip-hop is nationwide. Chad graced us with witty wordplay and conscious bars. Kanan waved his flag and gave the entire world an anthem. Today, artists like Belly, Nab, and Tory Lanez are proudly carrying the rap torch for the entire nation. The past shapes who we are today and the people will be tomorrow. No words could be more true in this moment, in this context, as we look back on the past 30 years of hip hop in this country. I am honored to take up space in this new era as a musician, a creative, and a black woman. Today, the movers and shakers, the leaders of our future, are hugely driven by the past. I can only hope to make as influential a mark on hip-hop culture as those who came before me. Welcome back to Black Exposed. That was Canadian hip-hop legends Cardinal Official, Maestro, Mishimi, Julie Black, and more. Celebrating 30 years of hip-hop in Canada at the 22 Juno Awards, kicking off our tribute to Black Canadian nominees for the Junos happening March 13th on CBC. It's also National Be Heard Day, and I'm using this platform to bring co-opted racism that happened after media ran clips and wrote articles about legacy, what was, what is, what will be, that happened February 25th at the Conrad Center. For those of you who don't know, Legacy is an event promoting black youth and arts, culture, and it promotes mentorship and education. The amount of work put into it by R&B singer Rufus John and his entire team to create a positive atmosphere for black youth in KW region. However, after Legacy aired on CTV News and in the record, Several hateful comments co-opting racism were made on socials and around the city. I'm about to get personal for a minute. In my 26 years in media and the entertainment industry, I have never read such hateful, racist, condescending language. And frankly, I'm disgusted. And if you're listening to my show and you have bigoted ideology, this platform is not a welcome platform for your ears. Because on Black Exposed, we celebrate all forms of blackness. We celebrate our black brethren. We breed life into the black youth in the AW region through arts and entertainment education and mentorship. We are a phoenix. We will stand united in power and we will continue to live and be supported by several forces in the KW region. And I'm not messing around. I'm not joking. I have zero tolerance on my platform. If you have any issues with what I'm saying, you can reach me on my socials at blackexposed985ckwr.com because I can take the bullying. The black youth, they can't. Do better, people. Come on, do better. All right, let's change the pace a little bit. Coming up next, our Canadian Black Artist Spotlight, Rookie, sits down with me to discuss his new EP and his upcoming projects on 98.5 CKWR. Yeah, just another hustle. Like every rapper's plan is broad, but I am not 
recognize these rappers, just incredible's no amateur But I can see this song in the top ten That's why I'll never hesitate to tell this globe that I'm from Canada You came to top ten, yeah, about a week or two Between flow the beat and all my iTunes peoples too And I can feel this record deal that's coming close Cause I feel that from coast to coast I'm more gifted than most Roast rappers when I turn up this heat I'm melting them 51.9 degrees Celsius With 24 hours inside a day to grind it up I'm not at to where I wanna be But I understand my ride is rough But I'm not trying to use that line as my excuse See I just climbed a bigger mountain While I tightened up my boots If I was here in 99 Then I'll be here in the end So change the station all you want You know you'll hear it again My song set Saw the quitter in you Now for everyone who doubted me Look who's on this song with me With no entourage But the party came along with me Haters hate my Facebook wall Be writing on it Same time that they were typing I was on the stage with Onyx All this tough talk is not bending me Last show before that one Obi Trice gave me all his Hennessy This really is the life that Justin's living now If you ain't with me here Then you should ask for my forgiveness now
This week's artist spotlight is Saskatchewan's own rookie, an Afrocentric singer, songwriter, and producer who's known for his Afrofusion style, mixing Afro beats with R&B, soul, and hip-hop. Rookie has headlined Saskatchewan shows like Cathedral Village Arts Festival, Frost Festival, Regina, and Afrodisiac 2022. Rookie has released four EPSs and several singles with his debut album scheduled to be released fall 2023. Welcome to Black Exposed, Rookie. Thank you very much, Sandra. Thanks for having me. We will get into your music in just a bit. How did you get your start in the music industry? I have been doing music for as long as I can remember, from singing uh, in the choir to, you know, being at the music club. And then I had been on radio for like three years back in Nigeria. And then I moved here to Canada to continue my studies. And then I just decided to follow my dreams when the pandemic hit again. So yeah, from there, um, through the student internship, I was able to get into sax music as um, as a research and an outreach assistant and pretty much been focusing on my music and career and development. And now you're living in Saskatchewan and you work for Sask Music. Walk us yeah. through what you do there and how it's beneficial for Black artists in your community. So um, I, I was hired as a research and outreach assistant. So I've been basically helping with lots of uh, programming and giving um, expert advice on Black artistry and, and how the Black music community can grow. And so basically coordination of events, developmental projects and uh, community outreach and, you know, community building. Um, at our last um, Saskatchewan Music Awards, um, we are able to bring Advance. I don't know if you know about Advance, the Black Music Collective. Uh, yeah, of course. Also a member of Of Advance. course. Yeah, so, you know, we brought Advance for the first time in Saskatchewan and, you know, made a gathering of um, industry professionals, Black industry professionals. So um, I'm all about community building and engagement and making sure, like, our voices are not, you know, um, I wouldn't use the word silence, but, you know, upliftment of our music and our people. That's incredible. I, I love to see Black emerging artists being part of a community and an organization uh, such as Sask Music because it does pave a way for artists such as yourselves and then you can become a leader in the community and offer your, your knowledge and your experience as an artist. And speaking of your experience as an artist, now you have released four EPs and several singles and now yeah. you're on your way to your debut album. Tell us a little bit about this debut album. Holy, the, this debut album has been, has been, has been, <laughs> it's been a long journey. And like, um, I started working on it in 2021 and it's it's been a very good learning process because I started producing my own music. So I did a lot of the co-production and, um, you know, still on its way. I'm, I'm sort of a perfectionist. So I'm trying to, you know, make sure everything is good to go. And, um, you know, I'm excited to share this with the world and, you know, show people the the new because I'm, I'm an evolving artist that's how I see myself with my experiences and um, God's will and the creativity he has blessed me with I am able to express my emotions and tell my story and basically write my journey through my music and that's what I intend to express in this debut album okay so you have two songs that we're gonna play tonight yes tee up these songs for us Ooh, okay okay so the first one I would introduce is um, all vibes on God so um, basically it's um, it, it, it's kind of like a Nigerian term. It's like all vibes on God. Like everything you're doing, if there's no God, there's like, what are you doing? It's like, because I'm a, I'm a really spiritual person. So, you know, I believe in God. I believe that our parts and the things we do, there's an influence of God in it. It's not a Christian song, but it's like all vibes on God. It's like, you know, whatever you want to do. So I kind of did a storytelling about 
myself and the things I've experienced in that song. I spoke Nigerian pidgin for people who may not really catch up all the words I said. Basically, the essence of the song telling and prophesying yeah, because there are, there are points I talked about, you know, having my new records getting a million streams and stuff like that. Those are dreams. But I feel like when you put things out in the universe, things can work in your favor. You never know. Yeah. Okay. And your second song, Dangerous. Dangerous. Tell oh, us about that. Okay. So um, if you listen to my first couple of music till now, I, I'm quite a, I'm quite a lover boy. I, I love the idea of love and I'm a free spirit. So Dangerous was just about exercising that love for, you know, for a romantic interests. You know, the way you make me feel is kind of dangerous because you're making me act out of character. I wouldn't usually do this, but because I love you, I'm going to do this, you know? So that's why it's a dangerous type of affair. Okay, where can we find you on socials? Okay, um, you can find me on social media at Rookie Jagede on all social platforms. Um, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, or you can check my website, IamRookie.com. I usually post frequently there on all my shows and, you know, anything about my music. Hit me up anytime. Always inspired. Yep. And um, definitely looking forward to following your career, Rookie. Thanks for being with us. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for all you do for the Black community. Thanks for Black Exposed. We appreciate you. We love you. Hello, everyone. It's your boy, Rookie. You're listening to Black Exposed on 98.5 CKW Arrow. And you're about to listen to my song titled Dangerous. And you're about to listen to All Vibes on God. That's who you are to me Oh, Twitter, best you ever had, and we all know who is bitter. I call the shots, tell you, tell you like repeater. Situations happen, had no bad intentions for you. Made it our own heaven, saw you in my reflection. So dead. 
want to give a shout out to all my people in Saskatchewan, all the musicians and all the creatives and all the good people out here in the Prairies. You know how we do it. We make amazing music. Don't worry about the cold. It's minus 40, but we're still staying chilled. You know how it is. We're hot as flame. Nothing can stop us. Keep creating, keep grinding, and keep being the best vibes. And that's it. Death for supremacy. All vibes on go. All vibes, all vibes on go. to inspire the whole world. It can be turned as if on a woodworker's lane into a hit single that everybody hears. And then it can make you dream and ripen. It can make you feel. It can even make you get up and dance and keep on playing. And the tuna goes to the weekend! Hey Canada, Black Exposed on 98.5 CKWR is Canada's only show on primetime FM radio that plays Black Can Con only. If you're a Black Canadian artist and want your Black original music showcased on Black Exposed, send me two radio-friendly songs along with bio and collab to blackexposed at bell.net. You may also get an email to guest host on the show and make sure you register your music with SoCan so you can get paid for your airplay. Black Exposed is the only show on FM radio in Canada dedicated to the support and promotion of Black Canadian musicians on the air. Again, send your music to blackexposed at bell.net and check out our socials at blackexposed985ckwr. 
Welcome back to Black Exposed, the second annual Mel Brown Music Festival and Symposium presented by 98.5 CKWR is happening May 26th to 28th at the KPL Central and other venues. And today I'm announcing the official kickoff fundraiser event, April 1st, headlined by Juno Award winner Carlos Morgan and his full band. Doors open 7.30 at the KPL Central and you can find tickets at eventbrite.ca. This is a 19 plus event catered by Mark's Caribbean Kitchen and Seafood DTK. I'm also giving away two tickets and a chance to meet and greet with Carlos Morgan the night of the show. DM me on my socials, Black Exposed, 98.5 CKWR FM. Trust me, you don't want to miss this event. Carlos puts on an incredible show. Tickets are $40 in support paying black artists and the curation of MBMFS. Next week, festival manager Nathan Stretch drops by to tell us a little bit more about the festival. Coming up, Ballerama Holness joins Carlos and I to chat about his new memoir, Eyes on the Horizon, his award-winning CFL career, his political journey, and more after this.
of trying to affect change from the outside, racial justice activist, jurist, and former Grey Cup winner with the Montreal Alouettes, Balarama Wholeness. Balarama Wholeness. Balarama Wholeness. I am the Balarama Wholeness of Quebec, of Canada. Making the decision to be great is the first step. I am officially running to be mayor of Montreal, to be our mayor. His is a fairy tale sports story. And the 98 Great Cup is underway. forefront of a national reckoning on race. His name is Balarama Wholeness, and he has defied the odds. Welcome, Balarama Wholeness. Can we call you Bala? Yes, you can. Thanks so much for having me. Your memoir, Eyes on the Horizon, releases today in all major outlets. Congratulations. And it dives into your biracial childhood, followed by your CFL championship with the Montreal Alouettes, running for mayor of Montreal, as well as your social activism. So let's just start at the beginning. How did your parents meet? It's in 1979. My parents meet at this Bob Marley concert at the Forum of Montreal. And my father, who immigrated from Jamaica about 10 years, 10 years prior, meets my mother. And despite their differences in ethnicity, nationality, citizenship, uh, religion, language, race, they meet and they fall in love. And this moment became, in many ways, etched in my DNA and it became really a life mission, which was to dissolve the divisions in society, just like Bob Marley had done with his rebellious music. So that that moment that my parents met is really become a lifelong journey of mine. You were raised in a Hindu ashram that was based in Virginia. So what was the mental shift in your mind when you were forced to move back to Canada? Montreal, as you write, moving back to a materialistic world. What was the mental shift there for you? Yeah, that's that's a massive shift. When we generally speak in society about you know left wing or right wing or uh, different religions or whether it's communism versus democracies, these are kind of the, the dualities that we deal with. But from a very young age, I dealt with really the spiritual world versus the material world. Mm-hmm. And I grew up and concepts of material possession, concepts of simply lusting and having desires for uh, shiny items. This was seen literally as the, the devil. In, in the Hindu tradition, uh, illusion uh, or ignorance and lust, which is called maya, is seen as the devil. And then I come to this environment and that's just around me. Uh, from seeing fancy cars to these large buildings to kids wanting different like Pokemon cards, whatever it may be, I find myself in a complete spiritual shock as opposed to a, a culture shock. That took a lot of time to to manage. Uh, but what's interesting is that uh, those roots, and as we'll get to later in the memoir, uh, become very important. Those spiritual roots become very important, ground me through my... And then in chapter four, it says, that when you moved back to Montreal from the ashram, you suffered the indignity of racist taunts from students and your teachers, and they renamed your, you and your brother, Jonathan and Steve. So how did that impact your... Your personal truth. This this also has to do uh, with having an absent father because today oh. your your father uh, is around you, a black man said, mm-hmm. you know, this is your identity, this is who you are, your name. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a vegetarian is not an embarrassment. Your name is not an embarrassment. This is your roots and your culture. Mm-hmm. Then you have a sense of identity that you could walk to school with a straight back with. Mm-hmm. But when you only have 
have uh, your mother, who is a French Canadian white woman in these white societies, well, your identity is easily morphed. And my identity was therefore morphed at a very young age, where there's pressure from uh, people around you to, to morph, but also you want to fit in. You, you, you don't want to be an outcast, um, you know, systemically throughout your throughout every facet of your life. So when it comes to the financial situation, we don't have any money. So we're outcast there. Racially, uh, I'm different. Mm-hmm. Linguistically, in these French colonial, if you will, cultures, I'm different. Mm-hmm. Culturally, I'm different. So this is someone that you could easily just drip some you know, some different spices and some different uh, aromas on and say, hey, this is uh, your your new self. And that's basically what happened. My father was one of the fastest men in Jamaica of his time. And the 98 Great Cup is underway. So football saved me. Bala, in your high school years, you discussed how you turned to alcohol and marijuana and you're running around with the wrong crowd. And there's one defining moment where you were watching the NFL game and that was an intersection that changed your life forever. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so um, when I arrived to Canada and I start being called the N-word and I realize that I'm an Anglophone who's poor, who's apparently the N-word and I go to this public school that's underfunded, no sports centers and um, I get stopped by the police for smoking. I, I begin to say, well, if you're going to attack me, I'm going to attack you back. You know, I, I'm, I am a pacifist type of, you know, kind of Hindu kid that grew up in an ashram. But if you fight me, you're going to get a lion that's going to come down on you mixed with like a scorpion. So I, I, I am a, I am a, on, on the cusp, descendant Scorpio. So this dude is like, if you mess with him, if you're in my circle, I'm going to protect you like a lion would protect his clubs. But if you're outside my circle, then you're going to catch these hands. And and that's basically what happened is that I'm fighting, I'm smoking, I'm drinking, and I see on television a football player who's 5'11", 180 pounds, just like me. I'm 18 years old. And I'm like, I'm 5'11", 180 pounds. He's 5'11", 180 pounds. He's light-skinned. I'm light-skinned. I can do that. Who is the and football I, player, if you don't mind me asking? Who is the player? I, I don't even know. Okay. It's it's before, before the football games, they always, you know, name the players he's like oh, i'm from you know jackson you know jackson smith from from tennessee you know from tennessee state and as they, they say his size and height and i just saw it just glued to me he was the same size and same height as me and had my same complexion and that's the importance of role models and seeing people in positions of power that look like you so that moment completely shifts my outlook and somewhat like to add another animal to this somewhat like a pit bull if i grab onto something i'm not letting go and I was convinced at that very moment that I could play in the league and when I went to sign up for football my my coach said oh you're going to be running back and this is like a double A school in a primarily white area and for sure I could be running back or just run around I'm like no 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 I'm a defensive back because I saw a DB who was 5'11 180 pounds who looked like me he's a defensive back I'm a defensive so now my identity in terms of football was etched and uh, five years later I, w- I was in the CFL but that moment shifted completely I ended up through some other issues stop, I stopped smoking weed I I ended up just playing football and dedicating myself to track for the next for the next seven years, and then uh, the next thing you know, I, I was in the league, and then won a great cup. 
For me, my muscles in society was the more education I can get, the more power I can get. The better you do in school, the more power you get. Oh my God, I am so happy right now. I just got an email from Miguel Law and I've been accepted. Why is it that visible minorities are at the basement of society? Bala, you have five degrees and you're currently working on your bar exam. What do you think about the education system here in Canada for black people? As a society, there's two things that happens. There's systemic racism that, that comes down on you. And then there's the actions that we as individuals, as black people do to exacerbate our own experiences. And my fantasy, and that's what I did when I figured out the system was stacked against me, I went to the library and I didn't leave. And that's my fantasy as I want, you know, we solve a lot of issues in Jane and Finch. If everyone goes to the damn library, just go to, and, and it's not even about making money. It's not even about uh, institutional schooling. Go to the library, pick up Che Guevara, pick up whoever you want, P pick up the pedagogy of the oppressed, pick up Bill Graham's like intelligent investor, whatever it may be. And, and, and hibernate there because the political class is not coming for you. They won't, they're not coming for you. They are not, not, not coming for you. We, the Canadian government is not coming for you to help. They're going to come to your festival to eat some jerk chicken and dance with you, but they will not fund your sports center. It's not happening. It's not happening. Go get, go get into any university. And if you need, go in as a mature student, take three classes and then grind on your three classes. And when you've done those three classes, take two more. And I went to law school to finish this rent at 34 years old. I'm 40 right now and I'm studying for the Ontario bar. Wow. So I'm not stopping a lifelong learner. And that's the blueprint. The politicians are not coming for you. It's not just about academia. It's fine. Go pick up that guitar and do not leave your, your basement. And now what's going to happen is that the police are going to run out of work because you're all going to be busy uh, empowering yourselves through other means. And now you're going to see a mitigation in systemic racism and, and all of these things. And if you have to live in a one and a half with that guitar, then do it, then do it. And, and, and that is, that's the blueprint of the book and the message I want people to get is that education becomes your, your source of power. Even in my situation with a mom who's deceased, uh, a father who's been my my lighthouse and, and, and my my guide but has his own trials and tribulations a brother who has his trials and tribulations who grew up with not very much is that education became the way that I was going to not just empower myself but save and protect myself the Canadian Obama in the New York Times. We are a grassroots organization that became a political movement. Prime Minister of Jamaica Andrew Holness. You do not need police officers with guns and badges to intercept people with mental health disorders. I have been disenchanted with how these protests do not equate to concrete change. How can this guarantee change? It's through the halls of power. It's through using law to force our country to deal with issues of racism. In 2017, you formed a grassroots political group called Montreal on Action. Tell us about that and what led to your candidacy for the first black mayor of Montreal. When I ran for mayor of Montreal North, um, the mayor had tokenized our diversity for political gain. And I felt in many of the diverse communities, we felt like we were being used. So we formed an organization. We collected 22,000 signatures to force a consultation on systemic racism 
tourism. And we, we attempted to shift the city into the right direction. But I must say, you know, I did this four years ago. And while there have been artificial changes, there have there has been very little concrete change on the ground. You know, racial profiling and issues of urban planning without access to leisure sports recreation services aren't there. 24,000 people waiting for social housing. There, there has been no change to pivot to a contemporary issue. Right now, uh, the Derek Chauvin's of 2023 are five black men, right? We we have not seen very many changes coming from the work of activists. So we always put into question, and I put it in the book, I said, you know, Nam Chomsky talking about US imperialism. And I, my father was talking about this when I was, you know, 10 years old, and now I'm going to be 40 this year. It's like, okay, well, when, when are things going to truly, truly change? When are we going to see people, especially activists, are tired of having inch gains? And that's the work that, that remains. So while I ran for mayor of Montreal to push some ideas to the forefront and to try to get a few candidates elected or forming these organizations, you know, you go to Toronto and you see the power in the diverse populations and you're thinking, when is everyone going to come together? You know, you have these kind of like fantasies, like when is everyone going to come together and take over the CBC and, 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 and ensure that the content's actually representative. And just to go on a small rant, if you look at CBC, for example, a lot of the content that they talk about is whether black man's profiled, whether some black man's beaten, and they're just leveraging black pain and it's the pornography of black pain. They're just putting it out there, putting it out there. But if, if black man starts a, a great business or it's a startup you know, musician who's trying to work his way up, they're not going to talk about that. So at one point, we have to start writing our own stories, and hence why I, I wrote the book. In 2020, New York Times dubbed you the man striving to be the Canadian Obama. Um, in your own words, how do you want the public to perceive you, Balarama Holness? So in the book, I speak about that. During the final debate at the Merrill, for the Merrill uh, race, the debate is in English, and my father had given me advice during the election. He said, let the jackals fight, effortless efforts, personal magnitude and not to interrupt or fight with the other contestants and call it black rage but at that debate whether it was issues of police brutality environment housing I was on fire it was there was no more no more mediator no more playing games it was not about personal magnetism or let the jackals fight I became one of the jackals and in the book I state that my father is my father's advice was out the window and I said I was no Canadian Obama I was a fighter I was a lion and many people up until this day when I'm walking in the street they remember and admire that debate because I called out the mayor when she was being dishonest using the L word in politics calling out both candidates for exacerbating discrimination but not only that speaking about issues that aren't necessarily with you with black issues things that showed the public that this was no simply ordinary man trying to just make some noise on the political stage that he was serious about all the issues and he knew his files without a pen or paper at the debate I was uh, ferocious in my way of delivering my messages and at one point it's to say enough is enough and that's what differentiates I first of all I'm no Obama in that you know he's a two-time president and all the things that are our, our similarities are the way that we cut our teeth at the community level we have biracial parents and that we went to uh, law school but we've never seen Obama get frustrated and angry and have this black rage at the fact that the criminal justice system in 
the U.S. is still filled with black and brown bodies and that they're working for a few cents an hour to fight wildfires and to create Starbucks cups in these prison industrial complex. So I am no Canadian Obama. What's happening? I'm writing you because shit is still real fucked up in my neighborhood. Pretty much the same way, right around the time when you got elected. Ain't nothing changed. All the promises you made before you got elected. Me and my homies is wondering what's going on. Holla. The inspirational words I heard today is a sign that it's worth it. It's, it's worth the negative attacks. Fallow, why are you referencing Tupac's song, Letter to the President, in your book? So when I was growing up, I was listening I was listening to Tupac, and he was an important part of my life, lyrically. He also has like a very nice book, uh, a poetic book. It's called like Rose Through, Rose Through the Concrete. So it's a picture of a rose that grows through the cracks of the concrete. That's kind of a lot of, you know, the life that I've lived is like barriers but it's kind of a great analogy for systemic racism, actually, that the rose grows through. So what happens is that in the election, I'm getting so many shots fired at me from people that were in my inner circle who are now coming out of the net, like coming out of the woodwork, attacking me from media, from all of these people coming out. And then I gave a wink to Tupac because he was part of my, my life in so many ways. And I inserted him into the narrative. So when the media came to me, I said, I feel like Tupac. Tupac shots coming from everywhere. So I put, I, I scribed him in the narrative. And if people during the election would listen, they would have been like, he said Tupac. Who's Tupac? They would have Googled him. Oh, damn, Machiavelli. So you have a you have a politician talking about Tupac, aka Machiavelli, who's running for politics. And Machiavelli being the godfather of political, you know, strategy. So I, I weaved it all in. And in the book, I, I don't I don't say aka Machiavelli. The interesting thing about Tupac, why I led it to the president, is because I say it in the book, is that it took a global pandemic for us to realize the ghettos are getting us sick. Pac said it so simply. And he talks about poverty, broken families, reparations, police violence. Been saying it. And that's the beauty about music, whether it's Pac or Marley, is the things that they say are timeless. But the fact that Pac is saying the ghettos are getting us sick, and we need a report from Health Canada to say that low-income areas that are populated by minorities and immigrants uh, are subject to a disproportionate impact from the pandemic and these are all the health determinants. What are you talking about health determinants? Pac said it from time. So I'm also dismantling this monopoly on intelligence or this monopoly on policy and saying, yo, Pac's lyrics are as substantive or subs- have as much substance as any political plan. Just, just listen to the lyric. And then, I, and then I last but not least insert Pac by saying, he's saying that to the Lord, not the politicians. He says, dear Mr. President, but when he's spitting, he's saying he's speaking to the Lord because he knows that the politicians are not coming and that's why the start of the song the, the preamble starts by basically saying hey during the election we saw you and election's done and we don't see you anymore and that's basically it and then when he's when when he's pleading it's to the lord and then i connect that back to when i ran for mayor of montreal north when i see people leaving church tell him to go vote they're like why would i vote i have more faith in god to help me get social housing than i do these silly politicians so then it all comes full circle because whether it's Pac aiming as the words of the Lord or whether it's churchgoers, no one's counting on. Another thing I, I took from Pac that I, I didn't um, necessarily reference is that he had a documentary that came out, I 
think like in the early 2000s. It was about his life. And at the very, very end of the documentary, he says, he might not change the world, but he can spark it in someone else in the next generation. And throughout the whole book, only Pac says that, but that was, that inspired me. That that end of the sentence in his documentary inspired a lot of parts of my book where I, and my daughter is saying, hey, the next generation, like I might not make those changes, but maybe I can spark it in the next generation of change makers that could make those changes. So Pac always, he kind of knew that he was going to have an, an early death. So he always spoke about not only death, but the next generation. If we're going to modernize City Hall, if we're going to modernize our politics, we need new people. We need new blood, new ideas, bold ideas. Now, where can listeners get a copy of your memoirs, memoir, Eyes on the Horizon? And as well, where can people reach you on social media? Yeah, well, if you go on Instagram, Balarama Wholeness, and if you tap the link in my bio, you can pre-order the book. Uh, the book will also be at uh, Chapters Indigo. You can also get it on Amazon. You can get it at Barnes & Noble if you're in the U.S., all for all the U.S. listeners. Also, just on HarperCollins.com, you could get the book there. There's also, the, the audio book is going to be very interesting. I am the voice in the audio book, and hot, you're going to hear it in my voice. So you, you might be entertained. So you can also get the audio book on Audible. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, this book really defines the reason why you're such a leader and trailblazer. And I know we have not heard the last of you or seen the last of you. I see when big lights. And actually, you're funny. It's funny you say that. My agent just hit me up and said that he's sending the book to some movie production houses. So who knows? We we might be on there. And so we'll see. Thanks so much. It was so nice to get to know you. Continue the fight. Yes, Continue being you. you. Mm-hmm. Sure. Big sure. And uh, next Big time I'm Toronto, like I'll, I'm sure this summer or something, like, uh, you know, let's keep in touch. We'll all link up. Is anything big happening in Toronto? You need anything from me or if ever you're in Montreal, let me know. I will. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Take care. Take you too, care. Man. Big ups, man. This brings us to the end of Black Exposed for Tuesday, March 7th. Special thanks to Ballarama Wholeness. Check out his new memoir, Eyes on the Horizon, out today in all major outlets. If you want to win a copy of his memoir, DM me on Black Exposed 98.5 CKWRFM on my socials. Thanks to our Black Canadian Spotlight artist, Rookie, who I'm making my Saskatchewan music correspondent. That's right, Rookie. You heard it here first. And next week, Nathan Stretch, Mel Brown Music Festival manager, stops by to chat the Mel Brown Festival. And we get up close and personal with David Click Cox, one of the most influential people in the music industry. Artists, make sure you tune in. He's worked for A&R for Universal Music. He knows his stuff. If you want to get a record deal, he's going to tell you the secrets and the traits. And I'm going to leave you with a sneak peek of my chat with David Click Cox. Make sure you tune in next Tuesday at 6 p.m. and every Tuesday. I'm Sandra Tyler, and this is Black Exposed on 98.5 CKWR. Stay blessed, everyone. I'm David Click Cox, and you're listening to the Black Exposed with Sandra Tyler. What did a record deal look like back then compared to now? Do we even have A&R in Canada? Oh, yeah. No, A&R, A&R definitely exists, and they're out there, and they're, they're, they're banging the pavement, and they're making deals and do different things so you are one of the most influential people in the music industries i'm still an a and r at heart back in the 90s when we met you were part of a rock group the maximum definitive and in 1993 you were nominated for a juno for best rap recording and you won an mmva for the single jungle man and you opened for the dream warriors can I ask you why people call you Quirk? Yeah, I I got my name given to me by one of the guys in the Max and Definitive named Dark. Actually, I never really shared this story, so... 
Sure, and you're more than welcome to hop on and be my music director whenever you want. So We all here for a reason on a particular path. You don't need a curriculum to know that you're a part of the math. Cats think I'm delirious, but I'm so damn serious. That's why I expose my soul to the globe, the world. I'm trying to make it better for these little boys and girls. I'm not just another individual. My spirit is a part of this. That's why I get spiritual. But I get my hymns from him, so it's not me, it's he that's lyrical. I'm not a miracle, I'm a heaven-sent instrument. My magnetic regiment navigates melodic notes to your soul and your mental. That's why I'm instrumental. Vibrations is what I'm into. Yeah, I need my loop by Rinde, but that ain't what gives me the heart of Kunta Kinte. I'm trying to give us us free like Senke. I can't stop. That's why I'm hot. Determination, dedication, motivation. I'm talking to you, my many inspirations. Why well, say I can't let you a self down? If I want the highest cliff on the highest riff, and you slipped off the side of cliff on the yo life in my grip, I would never ever let you down and when these words are found let it be known that God's penmanship has been signed with a language called love that's why my breath is felt by the deaf and while my words are heard and confined to the ears of the blind I too dream in color and in rhyme so I guess I'm one of a kind in a full house cause whenever I open my heart my soul or my mouth whenever we open our hearts our souls or our mouths a touch of God reigns out. When it comes to being true, at least true to me. Where you at, Ghana? One thing I found. One thing thing I found. found, Although you never let me down. Get up, I get. Get up, I get. Get up, I get. When it comes to being true, at least true to me. Real loud. One thing I found. One thing I found. Although you never let me down. Get up, I get. Get up, I get. Get up, I get. Hey.